to On the Block with Strick and Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. The block is hot here on a Wednesday, and it's always hot when we bring in the bland chef, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald, joining us on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Evan, how are you doing today? <laughs> that was a tasty intro. No, yeah, doing great. <laughs> well, that's good you to hear. You got some spice on it, though. It can't be always bland. <laughs> like I said, I, I knew I could never be a chef, so I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, giving me a glimpse into what never could have ever happened. <laughs> yeah, but we still like we like that nickname, so we're going to keep running with it, and maybe it can inspire you a little bit more in the kitchen. But uh, somebody that needs inspiration seems to be the Nebraska baseball team. I, I just got to imagine before we get into kind of what happened yesterday um, that they they've got to be almost inside their own heads at this point. Would you say that that was uh, kind of what it felt like yesterday? Yeah, I mean, you can tell, especially offensively, that it's it. There, there's some some pressure there. I mean, they're they're feeling it. They know that they're not executing the way that they need to, and the way that the game played out last night. I mean, it was all the more obvious. The the you know, I think they had a runner at second base before they had an out in the game, and they weren't able to get him in. And then your your big spots in the game when you're down one run in the seventh and eighth innings, you have runners at the corners with nobody out. Um, in the first instance, they get a double play. I guess that brought them within one. And then they don't get anybody in. Uh, runners at the corners, no outs in the eighth. And they they, they strand the tying run in the ninth. So, um, you know, they, they feel like the approach is something that they're continuing to work through. But it, I think the frustration has gotten to the point where it's not even like, hey, let's let's stick to our approach and hunt the fastball. It's like, Hey, let's, let's put the ball in play. Let's be okay with, you know, a ground ball to the right side to advance a runner. Let's be okay with uh, passing the torch onto your teammate and letting them have that moment. And so I think what we've heard both last night and in the last week or so from guys has been some combination of that, as well as, you know, Max Anderson brought up the hero ball idea, this idea that, uh, you, you hear it in basketball all the time, but for baseball players, the guys are trying to do too much. They're trying to hit home runs and, and, and maybe play outside of themselves a little bit. And so, you know, some of that's a product of being a young team. Some of that is maybe feeling the, the expectations a little bit. Some of that's just baseball, but there's no doubt about it. I mean, you look at the numbers, uh, I think Nebraska is scoring a little under uh, or, or, or just, just a hair above five runs a game which in college baseball, you know, it's not great right now. It's the bottom of the Big Ten. And, and for Nebraska, it would be their second lowest scoring team if it holds up in the last 46 years. So a lot of, a lot of things they're working through right now. They still believe they have the talent to get over it. Um, but, you know, we're, we're past a third of the way into the year, and, and a lot of these struggles have, have persisted. Obviously, I mean, things can still turn around. You know, I kind of go back to, you know, it's different sports, but my, my Celtics were halfway through the season. They were a game above 500, now they're one game out of first. Uh, you still think that that's a, a possible for Nebraska, or do you think that maybe fans should um, might not expect the, the Big Ten champions to repeat this year? Well, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think repeating, certainly, you know, there's still, uh, what, 21 Big Ten games to go, so anything can happen, but... I do think that the numbers would suggest that this team is not the dynamic offense that last year's team was. And you know what? I mean, that's, that's okay. Like you lost more than 700 starts in the outfield 
you lost the, the, the conference player of the year in Spencer Schwellenbach. You lost Luke Roskam, who played all over. So, like, it's not, it's not an indictment on the program to say that they're going to take a step back. But I do think that, that they thought that, that the transition from that group last year to this group would be uh, a little smoother than it's been. And it just, you know, it just hasn't been that way. Guys have continued to search for roles. Um, you know, just last week they felt like they settled on maybe their top five guys that they felt good about, but then you're, you're cycling through your uh, bottom end of your lineup based on matchups and things like that. And it's just, just hasn't, hasn't worked out great. So when you talk about turn it around, like it's an interesting debate, I think, because the numbers would suggest they sort of are what they are and and they can get a little bit better. Um, I, I, I think you can make the argument that, Hey, we haven't seen Max Anderson break out yet the way that we know he can. We haven't seen, Cam Chick go on a on a heater yet. We haven't seen Bryce Matthews over an extended period do what we know he can do because he did it last year. Um, so you know, I think there is a sense that hey, as the weather warms up and some of these guys get hot, maybe some things can turn around. But you know, again, I, I, I think to to think that this team can be what it was offensively last year is probably a bit much. Um, the, the track record from the coaching staff would say that they're going to get better, but I think the numbers. Uh, within a sample size that's getting bigger and bigger would say that even if they do improve, it's, it's not going to approach what we saw with last year's squad. Evan, we've got some, uh, some pretty good news. Um, obviously in the spring game, we're going to be able to uh, pull a, a pretty solid one out of the big 12, getting into uh, to, uh, getting on campus in Oshan Mathis, as well as a uh, four star, five star out of Burleson, but transferred uh, family moved out to Chandler, Arizona, hadn't even played it down yet, and is already ranked as the number one uh, prospect quarterback and, and emerging as a top prospect nationally out there in Dylan Riola. So uh, how do you how do you view um, us being able to land and get them on campus? Do you think we have an edge with with you know Uncle there and and uh, you know how do you, how do you how do you view that with with us being able to land them and get them on campus? Do you think that's a value? Do you think that's Something that uh, puts you, uh, you know, in the in in the top half of the uh, the recruiting part of it, or do you just think it's just part of the the process? Well, I think both of those guys, uh, you know, Mathis and Rayola, are they're kind of their own situations. I mean, Mathis is still a, a transfer portal guy who essentially is sitting out this semester as he's looking for a good fit and. You know, we, we've talked a lot about how one of Nebraska's glaring weaknesses ever since Randy, you know, six, seven, eight years ago has been rushing the passer. And Mathis is a guy who has done that at TCU. He's, he's done that at a high level now for a few years in the Big 12. And so, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of look around, you see some some rankings that, that look at um, quality of player in the portal, and Mathis is right at or near the top at this point. And so you would think that that would be a good fit. Certainly Nebraska would love to have him to, to complement uh, uh, the defense and to, to add to what's been, you know, not a strength of the black shirts for a number of years. Um, and, and, you know, for Mathis, just the fact that he's coming, we've seen the story time and again, when, when recruits, even portal guys get on campus and they see the support and the crowds and, and, you know, you can start breaking stereotypes that it's not a stadium surrounded by cornfields usually that's when 
the magic happens for Nebraska and guys settle in. So just the fact that he's coming here uh, for the spring game, I think, is a, a major win. Um, and, you know, you would certainly think that would increase his chances exponentially of ending up at Nebraska at some point. You know, Rayola, on the other hand, I mean, he's he, he's going to be a major major national recruit he already is for the class of 2024 i mean you look at just the offers that he has uh, pretty much everybody out there who's anybody um is after this kid and so obviously nebraska has an in there with his uncle donovan coaching the o-line now with um you know his dad dominic of being a former husker all-american and, and somebody who's still close with scott frost so there's some certainly some family connections there that make this thing interesting you know, Rail has been on campus a number of times already. He he was spectacular in the Friday Night Lights camp last year. I mean, he was just unbelievable with what he was able to do. So, the fact that he's coming back certainly can't hurt. I don't. I think this recruiting process though is just getting started, right? I mean, this isn't it's a case where this guy is going to commit or anything like that coming yeah. out of this. But I think if you're Nebraska and you, you see all these other names continue to um, you, you know attach themselves to Rayola. Uh, as long as he's keeping you in mind, as long as he's on campus occasionally, as long as he keeps a dialogue ongoing, the, the farther you can go with that, the better it's going to be. And, and, and again, you look at his film, you see how he's rated. This is a guy who uh, you know, is going to change the, the trajectory of, of somebody's program wherever he ends up in college. And so uh, I think his story is going to continue with how Nebraska does this year. What, is, what does the offense look like under Mark Whipple? How does Casey Thompson do? How does uh, you know how how does that thing look? And I think if it looks good, then something like next weekend when he comes to the spring game starts to to pay off. If if it doesn't go well, then I you know it doesn't really matter all the bells and whistles. If you're not winning on the field, I wouldn't imagine he'd be uh, considering Nebraska. So I think this is part of the conversation, but certainly there's a lot to go. And, and as far as on the field today, I mean, they're getting they're getting this thing ready for the spring game. Uh, we heard from the offensive coordinator Mark Whipple today, uh, and he was he was pretty, um, you know, he's he pretty up, uplifting and stuff about how, how things were going. But uh, I have to imagine some of those injuries that they're dealing with, specifically at the tight end position, because he talked about how they're working on the red zone stuff, and it was kind of surprising, you know, last year Austin Allen didn't get a whole lot of targets in the red zone when you, when you had an NFL tight end like that, and now you know this year you've 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 got you're going without Vokalek in the spring and Fedone's down and, and, you know, Harriman and like all these guys. Do you think that that is a, a detriment a bit to Nebraska as they try to get this going in the spring? Or do you think that there's so much time left, um, you know, as you get into the fall ball that they can work on that plenty? Um, but, I, you know, I, at least the way I view it, there are only so many practices you can get in. The spring one should count um, as well, you know. Yeah, you know, t- tight end is interesting. It always feels like there's some position that gets it that gets hit harder with injuries than others. And certainly tight end is that, I mean, you mentioned them, um, whether that's Travis Vokalek, Thomas Fedoni, Chancellor Brewington, uh, Chris Hickman. I mean, those are essentially your top four guys on the depth chart. And so when, when they're all out, yeah, I mean, you're turning to second year players, third year players, um, you know, Nate Borkertcher, a walk on from Aurora has had his name mentioned multiple times, but as somebody who's impressed, um, and then you're talking about, you know, James Carney out of Norris or A.J. Rollins out of Creighton Prep. And so it's not ideal, right? Like you would prefer to have your top guys out there uh, being hands-on with the offense, learning, and, and kind of smoothing that learning curve. 
Uh, but I, you know, I asked Sean Becton, the tight ends coach, this today about like, is there kind of a silver lining there? And he said, absolutely, there is. I mean, there, if nothing else, Nebraska is building depth right now, um, and and all those guys who are injured, uh, you know, maybe with the exception of Fedoni, because we don't know how serious his situation is. All those, at least everybody else is going to be back this fall, and they're continuing to go through mental reps, and they're still very much a part of the preparations, even if they're not actually out there. And so, you know, tight end, there's a reason that that retain Sean Becton and has new offensive assistants everywhere else. It's because he's developed guys. Obviously, you mentioned Austin Allen and um, Jack Stoll was successful before him, so they they have some depth there. They've developed guys there. And so, yeah, again, it's not you, – you'd love to see Fedoni out there and, and Vokalek out there right now, but they feel like building up that depth so that when those presumed starters return, the room, you know, as a whole is going to be better off for it. I suppose, too, like as, as you're kind of saying that, you know, it, at least Becton has, has, has experience here, whereas those other new guys, I mean, if they were coming in, the new coaches and um, building depth is, and instead of kind of getting your starters going might be a little bit different than, you know, somebody that's worked with those guys over the last several years. Um, so that's interesting, too. Uh, he is uh, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Evan, thank you for joining us today. Thanks as always, guys. All right, there he goes. Evan Bland, our normal guest here on a Wednesday on the block. Right now we have your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. It is time for Shootout with Strick here on the block. All you have to do is call in. Get in line. 402-464-5685. First person in line will get a chance to play. It's either or questions and a money ball, uh, which will be worth two points. Uh, Strick uh, seems to, to win here and there, but we'll see. I mean, I don't want to knock down your confidence. Give us a call right now. 402-464-5685. Get in line for Shootout with Strick. That's next here on the block.